0: Welcome to the very first episode of Social Studies, the podcast where our only goal is to help you take your social media game to the next level. Now, how are we going to do that? We interview best in class brands and creators that are crushing it on social media. And so you can walk away with practical, applicable actions that will help you improve your social media game. Now, in the prep for this podcast, I've thought long and hard about who I want to kick off this show with, and I've landed on a friend of mine, Aussie Dave. Dave Adamson, you'll figure out by his accent that he is Australian, so he goes by the handle A-U-S-S-I-E, Aussie Dave. But he is a genius when it comes to social media and using digital engagement as a complementary means to in-person events and uh, attendance. Now he comes from the background of digital ministry and the church world. But if you are not a person of faith, don't let that scare you off. the The thought process that he that he uses and the action the action steps that he gives are applicable to every industry across the board. He knows what he's doing. He's got a great background. His thought process continues to challenge me and push me to get better, and so I am so excited to kick off the show with him. One quick note is I'm still figuring out this podcast recording process. My audio sucks, to be completely transparent. Um, I'm still figuring out how to record great audio while I'm in these interviews thankfully dave does most of the talking in this episode so you won't have to listen to me too much dave's audio sounds great he's got an awesome setup i'm still figuring it out so i promise i will improve i'll get better uh just give me a little bit of grace as i figure all this out dave's content is great and so i'm I'm super excited for it so without further ado here's my friend dave adamson Dave Adamson, thank you so much for being a guest on Social Studies, man. Thank
1: you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you.
0: Absolutely, likewise. Yeah, so we we met in Washington, D.C. on a conference. I was working as a social manager for Uversion, and you were at North Point at the time as a social media pastor. Would love to just hear your um, your journey. I know you're working for Orange now, back in Australia. Would love to hear your journey of kind of your career in social up to this point, and kind of what that's looked like, man.
1: Yeah. So look, pre pre getting into full time ministry um, and and full time social media, um, yeah. I had no intention of ever doing anything like this. My goal um, in life, growing up, was I wanted to be a sports reporter, and so you know I went to college, did a sports degree. Uh, sorry, did a journalism. Degree and a literature degree, and went into that as my career. Started writing for newspapers and magazines, and ultimately ended up as a sports reporter for one of the three major networks in Australia. And um, thought that I'd be doing that for the rest of my life. And then God called me into ministry, and I get into ministry. Uh, you know, in two thousand and eight, for the very first time. And I get asked to be a social media and online pastor. And so I started to leverage those skills uh, from production, communication, um, on-camera skills um, that I developed as a TV reporter for seven or eight years and um, just started to apply that to a ministry perspective and became an online pastor in 2008. Um, And then in 2013, moved to Atlanta and Became the online and social media pastor for North Point where Andy Stanley is the lead pastor. And I did that for seven and a half years, nearly eight years. Nice. That's awesome, man. And then while you were at
0: North Point, you kind of oversaw the North Point has several churches. We're kind of overseeing social kind of across the board, right?
1: Yeah, correct. So so North Point at the time had six uh, churches in Atlanta as part of the, the network. And so I would help from a a central point of view, overseeing uh, social media strategy and social media philosophy in a lot of ways, plus our central online uh, campus as well. So, you know, if you add up all of the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok uh, followers, there was about a million people who followed uh, those accounts uh, when I was overseeing it, which is, you know, I mean, dude, it's so overwhelming to to even think. Sure. like it and then you add podcast and you add YouTube to that. And it, and it's like, it's even more people. Um, I remember, I remember after my first week on the job, um, you know, I came home, uh, on the Thursday night and my wife said to me, Hey, how's the, how's the job going? Um, you know, are you enjoying it? And I said, look, it's so overwhelming. I feel like a mosquito in a nudist colony. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know where to start. And she said, babe, please don't ever share that publicly or on a podcast. And I said, I'm never going to share that on a podcast, I swear.
0: That is hilarious, man. And One thing that is so uh, unique about, like, I, I think you were doing this early, you know, before a lot of people were doing this as far as social media pastoring but so many churches, even even today in 2022, view social media as a promotional tool for their church, mm. not an extension of their ministry. Yeah. And I don't know how many people listening to this are faith-based, you know, not faith-based, yeah. but I think that's that's an interesting thing of like, it's Regardless of what industry you 're in, social you use that as a tool to minister to people yeah. and to engage with people where they 're at yeah um, where did Where did you get the heart for that and kind of how did you see that evolve over time
1: yeah so so you know you 're hundred percent right and, and it 's not just ministry or churches that do this businesses do this as well right we we you know in a, in a church setting we invite people to events in a business setting we might invite people to a sale or you know to to Uh, purchase we invite them to purchase a product or or whatever it might or a service or whatever it might be and and we forget the social side of social media like it's called social media for a reason media media Um, and so i've always said you know instead of inviting uh using social media to invite people to events let's use social media to invite people to conversations because when we do that we we uh, better connect with our audience for one our engagement goes through the roof for two and third you know once our engagement starts to increase our our um, our reach starts to increase as well so I think I realized early on that this was just another social media was just another tool that we had whether it was Instagram Twitter Facebook TikTok you name it uh, LinkedIn YouTube these were just other channels for us to communicate and the same communication um, that the same sort of communication that applies when we're, we're on site with somebody applies when we're online with somebody, right? If I go in, Jacob, if, if you know, the first time we met, um, if all I'd done was talk about myself, you're going to lose interest in me real, real quick, right? <laughs> sure. But part of having a conversation is I'm telling you a little bit about myself, but I'm also asking you questions about, hey, Jacob, tell me a little bit about what you're interested in. Tell me a little bit about your job. Tell me a little bit about your family life for your relationships. You, you, what are your hobbies? What are things you're interested in? But on social media, we, we tend to, whether it's in ministry or if it's in business, we use it as a megaphone instead of using it as a telephone. A megaphone, of course, is one-way communication, loud. Right, a telephone is a two-way conversation, and when businesses and ministries can start to figure out that it is a social media, that it is a telephone, that we should be inviting people to conversations, that's when we start to see a shift, especially in organic, right, in organic reach and in organic engagement. Typically what happens in ministry and in business, if our social media isn't getting much engagement, we just throw money at the problem and hope that it goes away, right? If I just boost this post. But I'm a big advocate for before you boost anything, before you throw money at anything, try to do your best to create organic reach content, organic uh, engagement, before you throw money at the problem because that's going to serve you better in the long run regardless. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for uh, thing, anything, any tip or any trick or any hack that's going to help you um, get that organic reach and that organic engagement first and invite people to those conversations. You know the easiest way to do this, man? It's so simple. The formula that I figured out, and it took me you know, years to figure this out, but it's so simple. Question marks are greater than periods. That's literally what I think it boils down to. If you're writing a caption on social media, regardless of what industry you're in, if you just leave, if you end that caption with a period or a full stop, you're not inviting anybody into anything. There's no reason for somebody to engage. But if you always end it with a question mark, then you're leaving this open ended question um, that invites people into conversations, right? I know one of the most engaged posts I ever had, and this was at a church. Um, it was National Coffee Day, and all I did was I grabbed this image of a, a round table, and there were nine coffee cups on the, on the table, and it was shot from overhead, so looking straight down over it. And each coffee mug had a different color coffee in it, right? So it started at black, and it went all the way around until basically, like literally a cup of milk. That's all it was. And right. I, I just quickly numbered it, one through nine, and then posted that on the church uh, Facebook and Instagram account and said, how do you prefer your coffee? question mark everybody had an opinion I mean on Facebook alone yeah. post had like 850 comments of which 200 of them were why didn't you what's wrong with tea and why haven't you put tea on okay. probably 150 were around the way that I numbered them because I didn't start with one at black or one at the cup of milk I started midway through because I was in a rush but again, I didn't care. It didn't bother me that they were having the, I was just glad that they were engaging. And so what I then did was when I realized that that post had built this wave of algorithm love, right, engagement, the next post was really strategic about something important that, that I wanted to, to say or so, uh, something important that I wanted to promote. So, you know, leveraging that highly engaged content in the lead up to a highly important content to our business or to our organization Um, is is a great way to do it but it always starts with asking people questions everybody has an opinion and everybody wants to share their opinion so if you can if you can (laughs) uh, create content that asks people questions you get a lot of engagement this happened to me just uh, just the other day like two or three days ago from us recording this i posted this thing on twitter which um, for the for the the faith-based people who listen they'll understand this I I guess a little bit more, but literally the question was just um, which question, uh, which song is longer? Hey Jude by the Beatles or oceans by Hillsong United. I saw that. And I mean, the DMS that I've got alone, like the, the responses were huge. The DMS alone were, were insane. Like just, and that was just me testing some random, like I just wanted to see what I could do from an organic reach. It's not that I really cared. It's just I wanted to see what I could do. What are the questions that are currently getting engagement? I've done this thing before. I did this when Top Gun was coming out. Top Gun Maverick, right? I posted... I, I pulled together like 12 um, video you know, movie posters of, of Tom Cruise movies. Everything from uh, Days of Thunder to Top Gun, right? And all the... The Firm, you name it. All of them. Uh, A Few Good Men. You know, you know all the... Mission Impossibles. You know all the movies. And right, literally yeah, yeah. all I said is... You can only pick three. Which do you choose? Nice. Those are little things. They have nothing to do with what my core business is, but they garner a lot of engagement and a lot of reach. And and that helps improve the post that I really want to promote, the post that I really want people to engage in. That, that improves those because I'm asking these engaging questions on the, on the front end before it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, dude, absolutely. And I think there's so much value there. I think a lot of social managers could – rewind listen to that last seven minutes on repeat and then implement that and see a huge huge jump that's awesome at what point did you really start to grow your uh, personal brand on aussie dave on instagram yeah. and uh i've had the pleasure of knowing you for a couple of years and i know you know we have a mutual friend ryan Mayer, yeah. who's. uh has yeah, grown a great following. And so I follow a lot of his stuff and I've seen you kind of implement some stuff that he's done, but then come do your own thing. Yeah. And there's so much, uh, I've seen that account change and evolve over time. Yeah. What's been your strategy there is like to, to grow that account. Yeah. Um, what's that look like, man?
1: Yeah. My number one strategy, uh, for growing my own personal account. I mean, look for, for me, it all started with, I just wanted to communicate stuff to my kids. That's all I, all, all I did it for, you know, in, in, 2000, and, I don't know, 2016, man, I was just posting random stuff on my own personal stuff, the, the, my own personal social media. You know, I'm posting the same thing everybody would post photos of me by the pool, photos of me like yeah. looking at the airplane window of where I was going, uh, the food I was eating, you know, because we're all all about just trying to tell everybody how good our life is. And we leverage social media to do that in a, in a lot of different ways but then you know my my youngest daughter has dyslexia and we started to realize that the way that she learns is visually and so as a as somebody who follows Jesus I wanted to teach her about my faith and everything that I knew about the Bible and church and Jesus and stuff like that and I thought the best way for me to do that was to post images that she could relate to and then I could connect some of my faith to those images and I just wanted to teach all I wanted to do was to teach her I wanted to I wanted as a dad, I wanted to teach her everything that I knew about faith, and so I started to post little photos and devotions for her, and it' just started to grow and and more and more people wanted to learn from these same devotions. I didn't plan that like it wasn't a strategy, but once I realized that this was catching on and people were enjoying it, and I started to broaden a little bit of what I did. The, the process that I've impl- employed to constantly um, keep that um, personal account growing and my personal brand growing <laughs> has been stuff that... That you kind of mentioned, you know, people like Ryan Mayer and and all the people who are in my industry, who are good at social media, I try to connect with them and watch and learn and see what they're doing. So I always try to stay open handed with my approach, with my model for doing uh, uh, social media. And I try to learn as I go and and what's working and what's not working. And I track my analytics all the time. What's measured is what's managed. And so too many people, they put stuff out there and they don't know why a post didn't work. So I check my analytics on a regular basis to make sure I know what's working and what's not working. I knew that a single post wasn't working as much anymore. So I switched to Reels. And this was before Reels became the huge thing. And so then I dropped out of doing Reels for a little bit And move to carousels. And now most of my posts, uh, Instagram allows me to have 10 slides on a carousel. I use all 10 slides and I push all of my content out in slides now because people are sticking around longer on my posts as they swipe through each thing. And what people don't realize is a platform like Instagram is tracking people's movement across the screen um, to know if a post is working. And the more times people swipe across, the more reach and engagement that I get. So there's little things like that that I'm constantly doing. I constantly read and I'm reading everything that I get my hands on about what's happening with the algorithms on every platform and where I should be and where I shouldn't be. I'm tracking who's watching what. And I know that a large part of my audience on Instagram is female. So I try to write in a way that is... is is you know, uh, easily understood by that audience. But I also know on Twitter, 75% of my audience is male. So I write a little bit differently. Again, this is one of those things where a lot of organizations just post the same thing. What we post to Instagram goes to Facebook and then we post that to to Twitter as well or maybe post it to TikTok as well. So there's little things like that that I'm constantly doing. The other thing for me, dude, that I've been doing really recently is understanding that people aren't going to social media often in the ministry space, they're not going to social media to uh, to look for a church. They're going to social media to look for answers. In the business space, it's very similar. People are going to, to your website as a business to look for answers to questions that are related in your industry, right? Whether you're selling a car or you're selling iPhone um, case covers or whether you're selling fake plants. I'm literally just looking at the things around me on my desk right now, right? (laughs) No, that's genius. Yeah, so if they're asking questions, if you as a business, you as an organization are answering the questions that they're actually asking, then you become a thought leader in that space. So let's use iPhone covers as the example, right? So if you're a business that sells iPhone covers, and this applies to any industry, any business, including ministry, if your business is selling iPhone covers, you need to be answering what are the questions that people are asking about iPhone covers right now. Well, they're asking, is it going to, uh, safely protect my phone from a six-foot drop. If the average person is six foot high, right? Is it going to be able to protect it from that? Um, what are the best? What are the worst? What are the things I need to look for when it comes to an iPhone cover? Do I need to have one of those cases that makes my iPhone weigh three times as much as it's supposed to, and it becomes three times wider? Or can I have a really thin one? And what best is the best material? These are all the. Qu- this is just off the top of my head. These are the questions that people are yeah. probably asking online when it comes to buying an iPhone cover or a smartphone cover so you should be answering those questions long before you start to sell them anything and it's the same with ministry if people are asking questions about the bible what questions are they asking too many churches and i'd say this is the same for businesses too many churches are answering questions no one is asking so why don't you get online and figure out what people actually are asking and create content around that so if you look at anything i post on instagram or even on youtube at the moment it's answering questions that people are actually asking about yeah, things. That's great. And people are looking for hope. People are looking for purpose. People are looking for encouragement. People are looking for inspiration, especially now more than ever with what's happening in the world in general, whether it's pandemics, political disruption, wars, gas prices, finances. People are asking questions around how they can be encouraged and find hope. And if you as a social media manager can provide answers to those questions through the content that you're creating then we're in a better position to get organic reach and organic engagement as well.
0: That's so good, man. There's so much good stuff in there. I think one like thing that really stood out is like, you're giving the algorithm what it wants, but your core messaging, your core um, ethos of like what you're talking about is staying consistent, but the way you're packaging that is you're feeding the algorithm what it wants. So if it, like right now, Meta wants to be the go-to destination for short form video. So like you're giving them what they want, but you're you're doing it in a way that you're still, your core content is staying the same. And I think that's, yeah, um, that's we can exactly. learn a lot from that.
1: Yeah, that's it exactly, dude. We, we need to, <laughs> but the thing is, the important thing to remember is the algorithm will always be an issue, but it's never an excuse.
0: Yeah. If your content good.
1: is not getting reached, how often do we go, oh, it's the algorithm and the algorithm yeah. changed and now <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not an excuse. It's always an issue, but it's never an excuse. We need to figure out ways around it. And to do that, we need to stay on top of what the algorithm changes are happening. And there's so many different tools you can use to, to, to find out that information. It's not like... It's not hidden information. A lot of places are, are talking about a lot of podcasts and a lot of experts are talking about it. So figure out what's happening and track your own analytics. Again, what's measured is what's managed. And you need to manage what your your analytics and your data is telling you. And if you're finding that a certain style of post is not working, man, it, as much as you might like it, you need to change that style, right? I'm a okay. photographer. When Instagram said, we're a video platform, I was crushed but I started to figure out I can leverage photography still, but I can do a carousel that is part photography, part graphics, part video. And then I'm, yeah. I'm getting around the algorithm and I'm actually using the algorithm to get me more followers, more reach, more engagement. And, and you know, n- those numbers of followers and things are important, but numbers only matter because people count. And exactly. yeah. every follower is somebody who I'm trying to, you know hopefully encourage and hopefully give inspiration and 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 hope to. And when it comes to a business, every one of those followers that you have is a potential customer, and you need to be developing those relationships on a consistent basis.
0: That's so good. Um, on the in the faith-based world, there's a lot of breadth, right? There's a lot of accounts that have a, a huge following that cater to what I would call surface level um, they, they are meeting a felt need. Hopefully they are giving a quick dose of encouragement. They're giving a, you know, a little, a little bit of hope and that's good. And that has a place, but your content really stands out to me in its depth. It's not, it's not just a quick, God loves you double tap and move on. It's you, you've created these devotionals. And so my, my question is twofold. One, how do you produce that volume of content? that's so, um, rich and so deep. Um, and where did, where did that come from? I'm sure you could even inflate your analytics even higher if you catered to that quick hit stuff. So what what kind of made your heart <laughs> seek out that type of content?
1: Yeah, man, I know that I could easily just create um, whimsical, um, you know, double tap it and move on. Con- like that's that's so easy to create. And I see accounts, dude, I see accounts all the time that have way more followers than I do. But they're creating that that sort of stuff, or yeah. or they're going the opposite way and they're creating um, divisiveness, right, to to serve their right. niche audience. Like nothing sells like fear, right? Fear. Uh, if we can create a common enemy around things, whether it's in faith or in business, if we can create a common like those people are doing this, then people will jump on and and, and do that. So so those two things, one of one of those two things would be really easy to to start creating content around. But that's not my hope. That's not what I want to be known for as a, as a person. I just not know what I want my brand to be known for. I want to provide people with the opportunity to learn for themselves. And you know, a lot of my stuff is I try to I- I employ deductive teaching. So I'm writing content that is almost like a micro blog, right? It's a, it's a longer form piece of content designed to help people ask some questions about their own faith, which is the space that I'm working in. Um, so that they can grow and, and deduce some answers for themselves and even ask even more questions. So I don't want that simple, real quick, double tap, move on. Like that's, that's like, you know, there's a lot of churches out there. Um, and you know this, Jacob, that, you know, they, they put a video up on YouTube. Uh, sorry, put a video up on Facebook. And because Facebook counts three second views, um, they count that as somebody who watched a whole 30 minute video. Well, that's not the case. That's like, that's like a church saying, we're gonna count every car that drove past our building as somebody who attended <laughs> church or a business saying, we're gonna count every car in the parking lot that they came to our business. Like, no, people don't do that. But on, on social media, we, we tend to. Oh, somebody double tap that. Well, why did they double tap it? Why did they like that? I wanna actually engage with people on a much deeper level and I wanna leverage my social media to do that. <clears throat> pardon me which is why i turned it into a, a micro blog. plus i also know that instagram wants people to stick around a little bit longer on posts and you're going to get ultimately get more engagement numbers if people are sticking around longer on your posts so if they've got more carousels to, slides to read or if they've got a longer caption to read they're sticking around longer and you and instagram is tracking that it's the same with a platform like youtube right the number of views is is important But view duration is more important. How long are you keeping viewers on your YouTube channel for? That's what YouTube is trying to track. Like it tracks how many people click on your thumbnail, yes. But what it wants is more people to stay on their platform for longer. So if we can do stuff that keeps people on the platform for longer, that is a win for the algorithm and a win for the platform but it's also a win for us because it means they're learning more about us and our content and they're taking a bit longer to consume that content. So they're getting more and more invested in who we are as a person or who we are as an organization and what we're what product or what product it is that we're promoting. Anytime that we can keep people's attention, that's when um, that's when we're actually making a difference. Because we live in a in a world that is the the one of the biggest economic wins is people's attention, right? We live in an, an attention economy where people, yeah. everybody's vying for our attention. I, I read a stat recently that said something to the effect of the average person sees between eight and 10,000 ads per day, whether it's on TV, wow. while they're driving, um, you know, uh, on, on uh, online, on social media, we see eight to 10,000 ads per day. All of those ads are vying for my attention. Now, if I can get somebody to sit down for three minutes and read through a long form caption that I've written, then I've, I've got their attention for, for one, but I'm better placed, better positioned to teach them something and show them something that maybe they haven't seen before. But in order to do that, we have to make that content um, interesting as well as engaging. So do, yeah, like what I right, talk man. about is as important as how long I talk about it for, <laughs> right? Um, so it's understanding yeah, who your absolutely. audience is, who your niche audience is and, and and what it takes to engage those people who are in your specific audience.
0: How are you, I mean, like, I'm just thinking through the, like I said, the depth of your posts. I don't, how do you get out as much content as you do at that level?
1: <laughs> um, I'm re- Man, I I don't, you know, part of it is I'm a photographer, so I'm constantly, I've got a camera with me. I mean, that's the thing. We all have cameras with us now, right? We've all got a $1,000 camera in our pocket every single day. So some of it is that, but I'm also carrying my uh, DSLR with me. Pretty much, or my mirrorless camera everywhere I'm going at the moment, so I'm constantly taking photos of of everything, and I'm always thinking through the things that are important to me and and how I can create content around that. Um, you know, you talk to anybody for five minutes who's into NASCAR, and within five minutes, you know they're into NASCAR, right? right. If, if somebody's a Golden State Warrior fan, you know within three minutes that they're a Golden. State. You don't have to ask them if they're a Golden. Yeah. You, 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 you see what I'm saying? So we all have Absolutely. these. We all have these things that um, are important to us. That are hobbies or uh, things that we love. For me, the thing that I love is unpacking some of the depth around faith. That's what personally I love doing. I I love going deeper into the idea of faith. I love um, helping with Bible literacy. Um, I think uh, you know. Uh, I grew up in a generation, I feel like I grew up in a generation where we were told about the Bible, but we weren't given permission to question some of the things in the Bible. So I'm trying to create an opportunity for people to ask questions and have, you know, to find answers that are a little bit deeper. And so I think part of it for me, Jacob, is I'm constantly thinking through these things. I'm constantly reading, and so I'm constantly writing as well. So <coughs> I've got about four different note apps that I use, um, on my, whether it's on my phone, my iPad or my computer. But I, but I also carry around with me constantly like little notebooks like the moleskin notebooks, with pens. like I've got stuff everywhere. I'm constantly writing stuff down. So for me, I, I feel like I'm constantly generating content. I just never saw it as content before. I was just writing notes for myself. Now I post those notes to various platforms. Like I said, my Instagram account is where I try to teach my daughters everything I know about faith. My Twitter account is where I try to teach my daughters everything I know about leadership. So I'm giving each platform a purpose. And by giving each platform a purpose, rather than just having them as random, here's what I'm eating today, or here's where I'm sitting on my airplane, or here's me, my feet at, in the swimming pool at the holiday destination I'm at, because I've got purpose for them, I'm more purposeful with them. And so that's part of what is generate. that's part of the way that I generate as much content as I do.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, I remember when you you told me how your Instagram account started, a couple of years ago, when we were in DC, and I didn't have any kids, and I thought that was a cool story. Now I have two daughters, yeah, and it, and it hits different, you know. About like oh, yeah. you said, like that—that's a place where you, you are—you're creating a legacy for for your daughters, and that—that's incredible. And the comment you made about purpose is great, dude. I could ask you a million more questions. I want to be really respectful of your time, and so I want to give you a chance. I'll have to have you back on because yeah, there's please. so much more. I would love that YouTube is an area where you're um, a master. You've you helped me with a project Absolutely. that um, I'm, I'll for quick for the listeners. I, I, we did this project called you version Rest, where it was uh, Bible being read with music in the background or, and it was really for sleep um, for people. We saw there was a need for that yeah. and a lack of content. And so you were my first call and those videos have now amassed 14 million views. Wow. And so that's, that's the Dave Adamson playbook that I, I use there. So what your advice is, is gold in that. And so I want to talk about that at some point. Wow! But for now, I would love to talk about, um, where people can find you online and you've got a new book out. Tell me a little bit about the book and, uh, yeah, how people can, can get in touch.
1: Yeah. The book is, um, the book is called Meta Church. Um, and, uh, I wrote it a lot of people think that that must mean I'm talking about the metaverse you know the Mark Zuckerberg metaverse and he came out in October of 20. 20- 21 and announced this whole thing and and changed the name to Meta. Um, But for me, I was writing, I was using the word Meta Church long before that, because that word Meta, Jacob, is just a prefix. And it's a prefix that means a number of different things. It can mean to change or to transform, as in the word metamorphosis, or it can mean to go beyond, as in the word metaphysical. Um, And so I really wrote this book about the need for the church um, to Change and transform its model to go beyond just a Sunday in a building um, location style of doing church, right? So, you know, in the modern world, we need to be leveraging the tools that we have, one of which is the $1,000 camera that people carry around with them every single day, um, to be in people's lives on a more consistent, regular basis. So, it's called Meta Church for that reason a church that has changed and transformed its model to go beyond just a building or go beyond just a Sunday time slot to be in the lives of people on a more regular basis. And so what I did with this book and and while it's designed specifically for people in ministry, whether it's a church or or a personal ministry or an organization like Compassion or or World Vision or some stuff like that, it's also a book that could be used for businesses for sure because what I do in it is I just outline a practical step-by-step of not how to do each platform. I was really reluctant to do that because you know I've got so many books in my bookshelf over here written by some of the best people in the world when it comes to social media marketing that give you tips and tricks on how to get around the Facebook algorithm the Twitter algorithm the LinkedIn algorithm to win on podcasts and things like that but six months after they've written those books become obsolete because the algorithm changes right everything shifts and a new platform comes out and and so the book ages really quick and I didn't want to do that so what I wanted to do was to create a mindset of innovation around these platforms. So yes, I do talk about some specific platforms like podcasting and YouTube for sure. But really, it's about the innovation, the innovative thinking, and the creative thinking that needs to go into and be employed by people who are leveraging these technologies into the future. So, when I talk about YouTube, you know, I provide a step by step of here's things to improve your YouTube channel, yes, but the underlying philosophy behind it is this spirit of innovation that I think we've lost in, especially in the ministry world. We've lost this spirit of innovation and we need to get that back. And we need to get that back, not because there's COVID in the world, but because there's indifference in the world. And people are indifferent to the message of the church. People are indifferent to the message of faith nowadays. And so we need to be more innovative in the way we leverage these tools, leverage these technologies to reach people. And a big part of that is what I talked about before. It's answering questions that people are actually asking. What if we... Went on, you know, I've my kids are way older than yours, dude, but my kids are digital natives, right? So they've grown up with YouTube. Why did I want sure. to become and uh, as learn as much about YouTube and leveraging YouTube as possible? Because I saw my kids were constantly on YouTube, and I could be they could be watching me literally on video preaching a message <laughs> on Sunday at church, where I'm telling a story about them. But they'd still be sitting there on youtube watching something else they'd be they're watching right. mr beast or you know whoever it is that they're watching yeah. at the time and so i i started to go well i need to figure out a way to tap into this youtube thing and so for me it came down to just wanting to answer the questions that people are actually asking and when I started to do that, I saw that that increased a little bit. So, you know, I provide a step-by-step playbook for some of the things like that, but it's also around this mindset of how we approach technology, whether it's as a business or as a ministry or as a church or as an individual. What is the <clears throat> what is the philosophical process we need to go through? What is the mindset we need to have when we dive into these platforms in order to win as much as possible and really reach as many people as possible so that we can change their lives in whatever way we feel like we you know, there's not a church in the world, there's not a business in the world that doesn't think their product or their service or their message can change people's lives for the better, right? So the book is all about how to reach people and change lives through the, whatever service it is that you're providing. Um, and so that way it's geared towards churches, but I think it's it's applicable across the board. Um, and you can get the book anyway like Amazon. Amazon's the best place to get it. Audible, there's an Audible version where you have to listen for five and a half hours to my accent talking about how dude, to do Dude, the, the accent adds to it. There's something about it, man. <laughs> dude, I know it's a win, especially in American audiences. So I'm leaning into that as heavy as possible.
0: Leverage there's, that. Absolutely. There's also a
1: Kindle version, obviously an, an uh, Apple Books version and a, and a hardcover as well. Um, and you can just get it at Amazon. And if people want to contact me, like I love helping people, dude. One of the biggest things I love to do is, you know, I've had these unique experiences to be able to learn some of this stuff, you know, I got employed by a really large church in Atlanta to literally become an expert at YouTube, to become an expert at social media, to become an expert at engagement. And I just now want to share that and help. So, if, you know, if I can help anybody, reach out to me. I'm, I'm Aussie Dave on almost every platform, uh, A-U-S-S-I-E, because I'm Australian, not O-Z-Z-Y. AUSSIE Aussie Dave on almost every platform and yeah I'd love to connect with your audience and if I can help in any way I'm just I'm I'm here to help. I mean that's how we connected right? You asked me to help you yeah. with some YouTube stuff. I didn't know 14 million. Man, that's 14 incredible. million, man. That's so insane. Incredible.
0: And it's the same deal where when you were talking about the depth that content's not very like super theological, but but we're confident we know it's helping people and blessing people yeah. and moving people forward in their faith and their life. So I will 100% vouch for uh, Aussie Dave, <laughs> reach out. Uh, his YouTube advice is genius. And I uh, just have been personally blessed by by you and your content and your knowledge. And so thank you so much, oh, man.
1: Take it, before we go, you, you just said something really important that I just want to make sure people don't miss out on. Well, you just said you just said you looked at your data and you realized the content that people needed was around this REST idea, right? So yeah. first of all, you checked your analytics. You checked your data. What's, ma- what's measured is managed, right? You started to manage th- this side of the content because you were measuring that this was a need that people had in the world. And when, when an organization or a ministry meets the needs of people when we understand the thing they're looking for, when we understand the questions they're asking and we provide answers or solutions to the things that they want most, in your case, people wanted more rest, right? People were anxious. People were struggling to sleep and you provided a solution to their problems. That's when we become relevant. That is the definition of the word relevant. In unfortunately, in church ward especially, we've turned relevance into smoke machines and moving lights during music, right? During worship. That's not relevance. Relevance is meeting somebody's need in the moment they need it most. If I'm stuck in the desert and I've been there a week and I'm starving and I'm thirsty and I'm on my last legs and Jacob, I I look into the horizon and I see a cloud of dust and I see a car approaching and then you get out of the car with a bottle of water. I don't give a crap what sort of car you drive, what sort of brand of water you give me. I don't care. You are the most relevant person in the world to me because you're meeting my need in the moment that I need it the most. That's what churches need to do with social media. Meet the needs of people in the moment that they need them the most. That's what businesses need to do. Meet the needs of people in the moment they need it most. Google calls this, YouTube calls this, the zero moment of truth. The moment when people are searching for answers and your organization comes in and provides the answer. That's the zero moment of truth. We need to learn more. And I have a whole chapter in the book about this. We need to learn how to be relevant to people by meeting their needs in the moment they need it most. And you've just explained a really good example of that. It happened by looking at analytics, finding out what the questions were, and then providing a solution. And the result, 14 million people have have looked at it. Like The proof is in the pudding.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, Dave, I'm confident you're going to be my first repeat guest. I want you back on here. <laughs> I want to keep chatting. Um, could go forever. Um, so Aussie Dave on all social media platforms and Meta Church, M-E-T-A Church, wherever books are sold, Amazon's yeah. probably the easiest place. But man, thank you so much for hopping on and chatting about this. Like I said, I could go forever. And I think this is so valuable. It's such great thanks, content. Dude. So uh, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, great to talk to you. Well, there you have it, podcast episode number one of social studies with my friend, Ozzy Dave. Now, before you leave, one thing, I'm a huge hypocrite, just so you know, huge hypocrite. I'm going to ask you to do something that I hardly ever do, or at least never did before I started my own podcast, but I'm going to ask you to subscribe. And I know you hear that at the end of every single episode of every single podcast you listen to, but for real. It really does help. If this podcast added any value to you, if it helped out, if it gave you a new way to think about social media, could you please hit that subscribe button wherever you found or wherever you found it—whether Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Secondly, if it was beneficial, I wanted to lead with what I thought was a really strong episode. If you want to share it on your social media platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you are most active, if you could share it with other social media managers, maybe in a Facebook group, maybe send an email to a colleague, that would be a huge help. And like I said, I'm a hypocrite. I hardly ever do that, even though every podcast asks for it. But I am asking as a brand new podcaster with one episode, it would be amazing. It would really help me a lot. So I hope that added value. And I really hope you join us next week on Monday for the next
1: episode of social studies.